0: What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game by game breakdowns of everything Wizards.
1: Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavaliers Central, Nuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Blazing the Path, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, and At the Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the Maze.com Podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and the green light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spell A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code Hoopheads to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code Hoopheads to get 20% off.
0: Uh, The Wizards just pulled out a really ugly game against the Miami Heat, but I mean, a win is a win, which is obviously a good thing, especially for a team that was 4-13 coming into this one. So now the Wizards up the record of 5-13 with a win, 103-100 to against the Miami Heat. And, um, yeah, that game was pretty ugly, but again, a win is a win. The Wizards did a really good job down the stretch and ended up winning the game. I want to go through kind of like the last minute-ish, um, of the game, just like play by play, what happened, what I saw. Um, I guess, first of all, we got to talk about, um, uh, Butler, um, it was about like with one minute left, he drove to the lane, a uh, really good defense by Alex Len just to, you know, get in front of him, get his hands up, don't foul. And then Rui got a rebound and then turned into like that jump ball situation, um, which the, heat and I'm getting possession of the ball. Um, they set like a ball screen slash flare screen ish. Like it was kind of, you know, when Drogic was like about to catch it, um, for go Drajic and he got a pretty decent look at a shot. Um, Braton's like he, he busted his butt out there to try to con- uh, contest a shot. He didn't quite get there, um, but it was good effort from him. And, but Drajic he just missed a pretty good look. Um, and then Alex Lane got a rebound uh, this is all by the way, this is all when the Wizards were up by one point, I believe. So it was 101, one hundred. this point where Alex Lane got a rebound with about 40 seconds left. Um that possession, they ran a pick and roll for Beal. Beal um they he got blitzed by Hero and Jimmy Butler. So he had to pass it out to Ish Smith. Beal tried to get the ball back. Ish Smith just uh, took his man himself. I don't remember who his man. It must have been, I think it was Dragic. Um he took his man, he pulled it up for about eight feet for a jump shot and That was one of those where you kind of close your eyes and you say, uh, no. uh, Because, I mean, like, you know that one wasn't going in. Um, Rebound for the Heat after that with 23 seconds left in the game. Um, So they have a shot at it to win the game, down by one, 23 seconds left. Um, They just, they run pick and roll with uh, Goran Drogi. He gets downhill, going to the rim. Alex Smith is there, and he contests the shot really, really well, and he forces the miss. Um, If Smith gets the rebound, And then passes it to Beal, and the Heat don't foul for, like, two seconds, uh, which is really weird. They kind of, like, started running down the court. Like, (laughs) there wasn't seven seconds left in the game. Um, But then Beal got fouled. Um, He hit both his shots to put him to 32 points on the night and to put the Wizards up by three points, which is huge uh, because then the Heat needed three. Um, And so I guess at this point... um, what you really want to do is foul the other team if you're up by three points. Uh, so there's six seconds left in the game. If you're up by three, what you want to do is foul because if you foul, then the other team can't score three points at the line shooting two shots. Um, so I guess the counter to that is if they're in the shooting motion, and you foul, you basically just screw yourself over. If they get an offensive rebound, you screw yourself over. But usually teams, like, the chances of you getting an offensive rebound on a free throw are not very high. Um, plus, so if they make two, you get the defensive rebound, then you go down and shoot two free throws because they they have to foul you. Um, and then you just foul them again if they get the ball back and they go shoot two free throws. And then at the end of the day, it's kind of just like a free throw battle. And whoever, like the, if you consider that the odds of them missing and you missing are about the same if you pick your shooters and they pick their shooters, um, you give yourselves a, a much better chance of winning if you foul while up three versus just letting, the, letting it play out um, the heat. Got the ball into hero. He came off a autobio of screen with the ball. Took a really really tough shot. Um, going to his right, uh, really turning his body in midair. He like landed on one foot, like the footwork, like it. it was a, it's a tough situation, so you can't get. Like I'm not gonna sit here and like dog on his how he stepped into his shot and how his footwork was and how his like legs were flailing and this, like it's with one second left in the game. That's what happens. Um, so a super tough shot, and he just he missed. Um, it wasn't super close, but. Again, that's the type of shot you get in that situation. And Beal got the rebound, and the game was over. Um, so a really, really good win for the Wizards to pull it out in the end. Uh, again, this final score is 103 to 100, just to go through the four factors and overview type things. Um, the Wizards' end offensive rating was 104, which is really, really low. Um, that's in the 28th percentile. But they held the Heat to 103.1, which is 24th percentile. And if you have a better offensive rating than another team, you're probably going to win the game. And the Wizards did that. Um Effective field goal percentage for both teams was actually 50.6, uh, which is 32nd percentile, which is low. Um, they both turned the ball over a lot, and the Wizards got a good amount of offensive rebounds, which is <laughs> unlike the Wizards, but a lot of them were kind of just bouncing to them. Like they weren't really, really going after it, but sometimes that's just like luck of the bounce, luck of the draw that, that happens sometimes. And the Wizards got to the line a pretty decent amount. So did the Heat. Um, the Wizards actually got to the line more than them, which is kind of surprising to see. Um, just looking at the. Or, yeah, no, I'll go through the box score. Um, so Denny Avia played pretty well. He had 13 points on the night, 3 for 5 from 3, but his spacing did provide something for the team. Um, Beal had 32, another great night for him. Um, surprisingly on the game, he ended up being minus 4, uh, but he was 11 for 23 from the field, 4 for 11 from 3, 6 for 8 at the line. A really good game for him. 9 rebounds also uh, four of those offensive, which is really, really good, especially for a guard. Um, Breton's 3 of eight from 3, which is a pretty good percentage. Uh, he's starting to look a little better. Um, Alex Land had ten points, three or four from the field, four from the line. I'll talk a lot about him later. And then just looking at the Miami Heat, um, Jimmy Butler ended up with nineteen points. Not a great night for him. Nine for eleven at the line, though. Five for eleven from the field. Adebayo had seventeen on eight for fifteen from the field. Eleven rebounds, six assists, which is, you know, he's one of the best passing uh, centers in the game. And then Tyler Hero, twenty points on eight for fifteen. He was great in the first half. Um, Duncan Robinson. I don't know why he didn't play as much, like down the stretch, but he only had nine points, three for eight uh, from three, and those are pretty. Those are the notable ones. Um, before, no, I guess I'll get into the shot chart first. So the Wizards were 11 for 18 um, from the restricted area, eight for 20 from floater range, one for nine from mid range, 10 for 26 from beyond or above the break threes, three for seven from the left corner, and two for four from the right corner. So I guess just what stands out to me is that they shot pretty much average from every. Everywhere, but they didn't settle for mid-range jump shots, um, which is something they usually do, especially with one particular guy on the team, uh, who's Russell Westbrook. Um, they only shot one for nine, but it wasn't that big of a deal because they got to the paint a, a pretty good amount. Um, they shot a good amount of above the break threes, and those are at the end of the day, those are the two you know most efficient shots in the game. Uh, if you, I guess, not don't include corner threes and free throws, um, but if they're shooting a larger proportion of their shots from those areas, you want to see that. And yeah, they shot from league average from those areas or, you know, slightly below. But that's what you want to see in terms of just like going over shot chart. You don't want to see, you know, 20 mid-range jump shots like they've done in the past. Um, You do want to see uh, some of those, um, you know, in the paint, non-restricted area shots uh, be turned into restricted area shots. But I mean, you only ask for one thing at a time. So it's good to see the Wizards attacking more, shooting more threes and stop selling for mid-range jump shots. Um, The Miami Heat only got to the... Uh, restricted area 13 times, they're nine for 13, but again, they only got there 13 times. Um, uh, that's just not enough for someone who, if you want to have a really, really efficient offense, you need to get there more 10 for 19 from floater range, which is really good. Um, five for 16 from mid range, um, nine for 24 from above the big threes, um, two for six from the right corner and one for five from the left corner. Um, something that's interesting from the heat, um, in this game, just looking at their shooting frequency, 38% of their shots were taken from all three. And then coming into this game, they were um what were they in three point their fourth in three point frequency at 42.5 percent and so they only shot 38 like that's slightly lower that's going to change you know part of what they do and from mid-range they shot 40 percent of the shots from mid which is kind of um not really expected from the heat uh that's not really what they do as much but again most of the stats are from jimmy butler not being on the team because he's only played like what five or six games now and um, he does shoot a lot of mid-range shots. He kind of changes the complexion of the team. So that's kind of why that might be a little bit different um, in terms of just the wizard shooting frequency again, getting through the rim more, and just getting to the line a good amount is something that's really, really exciting to see from them. Um, I guess I would I do want to go through some of the players. Uh, first guy I definitely want to talk about is Alex Len. Um That was by far his best game as a Wizard because... Um, so, I guess I'll talk about... Um, so, one adjustment that Scott Brooks made that I loved in this game was going to a 2-3 zone. Um, the Heat, when... like I guess... So, part of the confusing thing is that usually to break a 2-3 zone, what uh, you do it with shooting. But if the Heat have like Precious Achua and Avery Bradley and Andre Iguodala and Jimmy Butler and Bam on on the floor, you're not going to be too worried about shooting. Like, yeah, you do have to, um, you know, kind of shift over to the actual shooters, like Duncan Robinson, um, Tyler Hero, like Kelly Olenek didn't have a very good shooting game. He got some good looks. He ended up being two for eight on the night, um, but so you kind of slide over to their side in the zone, and the Wizards also play more of a matchup, so it's not like, you know, just straight up like, I don't know, like an elementary school zone. It's more of like, I don't know, a college level Syracuse matchup zone type of thing, um, and it looked pretty good tonight, but the thing about his zone is you definitely do need a rim protector under the rim, and Like Alex Len did a pretty good job of doing that. Um, I just want to look at Robin Lopez didn't play that much in this game. He only played 18 minutes. Um, Alex Len ended up playing 27. And just the reason Alex Len was a better matchup for this team was because he's more mobile. Um, He's just physically like taller and longer. Um, He's physically just like bigger out there. Um, So just putting him, plopping him under the rim and having him just jump up (laughs) and contest shots, um, that was a good adjustment from Brooks. I really like what he did there. And the zone worked. Uh, he went to it a, a couple times throughout the game, but he really, really went to it um, in the fourth quarter. I guess like the way you can tell the wizards are in zone is when they have two guys like three quarter court pressing. Um, that's just like telltale sign that they're in the zone. They throw up a little two with their hands. That's also telltale. Like that's their call for zone on defense. Um, and they went to it a lot more this game than they have before. Like they've experimented with it a little um, during the season, but tonight they they really, really did it uh, more. And it looked pretty good, honestly. Uh, I really like the adjustment. Uh, Just like force Miami to beat you with shooting. Um, They ended up shooting 35 threes on the night, and they were 12 for 35. 34.3%, like that's pretty good, but it's not going to absolutely kill you. Um, So that's like, what, 103 points per shot, which is right around what they were on the night, right? So, you know, giving up those shots isn't the end of the world. You'd rather have them shoot that than, you know, attack the rim and shoot. Um, so at the end of the day, I think it was a good strategy from Scott Brooks to, you know, kind of switch to that zone, zone look, especially when you don't have great on the ball defenders. Um, you know, like, you don't have, you don't really, really have anyone to step up and guard Jimmy Butler. You don't really, really have anyone to step up and guard Bam Adebayo. Um, even like someone like Tyler Hero, uh, can kind of cause, like he did cause some problems, but in the zone that kind of, like it kind of thwarted the the issue a little bit, which was, a uh, great move, great adjustment from Scott Brooks. But I do like Alex Len did a great job of protecting the rim. He did a great job of providing energy. He did a great job of rebounding um and his presence was felt late in the game. Like he was a huge reason as to why the Wizards got stops late in the game because he was there protecting the rim and he did a good job of playing straight up without fouling. And that's huge, especially against a team like the Heat that is really good at getting to the line, with Jimmy Butler is awesome at getting to the free throw line. You saw it tonight with 11 free throws. Um but just just not fouling late in the game. Um, getting your hands up, going straight up, and just being big, being a presence. Like at the end of the day, if Jimmy Butler makes shots over your outstretched arms, or you're just going straight up, like you live with that. Um, you'll go home knowing that you know you did all you could. But sending him to the line is not what you want to do. And Alex Lund didn't do it. Uh, he did a fantastic job tonight, and I get, he is earning his minutes. Um, again, something Scott Brooks, a uh, very well coached game in terms of defense. Uh, the matchups for the most part were pretty good. I love the look of going zone. At one point, the zone had Bradley Beal and Troy Brown Jr. at the top. That was awesome. Um, and then, again, just teaching a matchup zone. Like he does it. Uh, it looked good out there tonight. I don't know how good it is overall, but you, you got to take what you can get. Uh, I guess the next positive I'd talk about is Bradley Beal. Um, really, really tough matchup for him. Um, I expected him to struggle more against the Heat. Um, I mean, he ended up so 32 points on 27 shooting possessions. It's not like insane efficiency. But it's still pretty good. And especially when you're like the only guy on your team that can really, really create a shot. um, That's pretty unbelievable that he keeps doing this night in, night out. You can see teams game plan for him more and more and more and more. And a really, really good, really, really creative coach like Eric Spolstra put together a great game plan to um, go against Beal. Basically, every single time there was a Butler or every single time Bam Adebayo got into pick and roll with Bradley Beal, it was an automatic switch um every single time it was Olinick um Robinson hero any like basically anyone besides bam um it was automatic either like come to level the screen and contain um or it was just an all blitz and that that's it's hard it is it's definitely hard to play against that and B was also being guarded a lot by Butler he's being guarded a lot um by Avery Bradley like guys who can really, really stick with him when he's moving so well without the ball um and he had to really really work for those 32 points um he was taking into the lane really well uh he got the line eight times that's really good um he was finishing well through contact he shot the ball pretty well he took advantage of his open looks uh it was a really tough night for him just to get looks just because this heat team is so good they're so well coached and they came in with such a good game plan but Beal played great um again he's proving that he should he's clearly an all-star level player um, i don't want to say this, but his trade value keeps going up and up and up and up and up. Um, and he's becoming a guy that you really, really have to game plan for And teams. Like no one has really figured it out yet. The team that did the best against him was, um, the Hawks just with the whole top locking thing. But something, actually something that uh, Brooks did more that I kind of suggested last game, um, was to have Beal bring the ball up more, um, because teams have been starting to top lock him and just, um, you know, Scheme for that type of thing, because Beal does love to play so much off the ball. Well, understandably, because he's so great at it. Um, but what Brooks did this game was just have him bring the ball up more, just as like a point guard. Um part of that might be because like Westbrook wasn't there and um Neto wasn't there, but I really like that adjustment from Brooks. Um if it was adjustment at all, I don't know. Honestly, like now that I just mentioned that, I hadn't thought of that before. Um, but yeah, okay. I guess I kind of got rid of my point, but anyways. Um, I hope that he goes with that more because if Beal brings the ball up, how do you top block him? Like he already has the ball in his hands, you know, and he's starting off the possession with the ball in his hands that I had to run a bunch of actions, uh, for Beal to get the ball. Um, Oh, speaking of actions. Um, so one action that I loved from Brooks was the double, it was like a double ball screen for Ish Smith that flowed into a double, the double pin down for Bradley Beal, which for some reason they haven't been running as much. Like they used to run that all the time at the beginning of the season. Now they don't do that as much. Um, but I love that play um, that flows right into Beal catching the ball. It's hard to guard and it's hard to kind of like communicate. Like one screen is already like hard enough to um, like communicate and execute uh, screen coverage with. But having two screens just makes it that much harder. Um, and the Wizards do throw some wrinkles into it. They have Beal kind of like curl and then uh, run off a screen in the corner with kind of like a hammer type screen. Um, you know, those types of things. Um, uh, I love when um, Brooks has one play that works, and then he runs it over and over again with a bunch of different wrinkles into it. That's what he used to do at the beginning of the year with those um, those double pin downs. Um, the, he does that a lot with Beal setting back screens and also Beal setting pin downs himself. So that's something that I really like from Brooks, just you know, being versatile with a few different looks and just throwing a bunch of wrinkles out and making them hard to guard because like if you know something's coming, you know exactly what's coming, it's easier to guard, but if you're worried about them throwing a wrinkle into it, Then that just makes it that much harder to guard. You can't really predict what's going to happen, and then at that point it could also just turn into a read. And I I kind of love those actions. Um, yeah, I guess the other guy I have to talk about is Denny Avia. Uh, looked a lot better, looked a lot more confident. Made one dunk, missed one dunk. Um, but good to see him playing back again. He played 33 minutes. He was a big part of this game. Still not great defensively. Still not too great with the ball offensively, but um i think he's gonna be a rotation level guy in this league i guess kind of like just the shooting uh plus will he ever develop more off the dribble plus will he ever develop more defensively Will kind of determine if he's a starter level player or a rotation level player um at this point i'm probably leaning towards more he's just going to be like a rotation level player for his whole career but it's hard to judge someone in the rookie year so we'll see um was true so you know so i'll talk i'll talk about some uh i know i'll talk about troy brown jr um he played, finally. Um, I really, really like Troy Brown. Like, I'm a huge Troy Brown Jr. fan. I'm a big Troy. Like, I think he should be just clearly in the rotation. Like, he's clearly so much better than Jerome Robinson. I th- I honestly think that Troy Brown Jr. is better than Ish Smith just in terms of helping you win a basketball game. Um, Ish Smith was terrible tonight. He was 0 for 8, but he w- he was really good last night. So, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to get on him too much. But, um, actually, I will get on him a little. So, Ish Smith is a defensive liability just because of his size Um, he provides no help defense, uh, on the ball. He's not very good. He's, he's just not good defensively. Offensively, he needs the ball in his hands to be effective. He can't shoot at all. He provides nothing off the ball. Um, he's really good with the ball. He can create shots for others to an extent. Uh, he can't finish around the rim. Uh, he can't shoot from the mid range. He can't shoot from three. Like he struggles to score the ball. Um, actually I want to look up something super quick about Ishmith. Because I know at the beginning of the season, he was like 0th percentile in points per shot. So I want to see if he's still um, 0th percentile or not. So, And I spelled Ish wrong somehow, typing it into cleaning the glass. Uh, <laughs> okay, so points per shot. He's moved all the way up to the 5th percentile. He's at 86.4, which is like terrible. His usage rate is really low. His assist rate is 30%, which is pretty good. Um, turnover rate is really high. Like Ishmael should not be playing. Like I'm, I'm going to be honest here i uh, just say it how it is. Ish Smith should not be playing. He is not better than Troy Brown Jr. Troy Brown Jr. gives you he gives you some on ball creation. Um, he gives you so much more defensively just by he's active. Um, he has good length. He has good athleticism. He can move his feet while on the perimeter. Um, he gets good. He's probably the Wizard's best player just getting around a ball screen. Um, he's definitely the Wizard's best player in terms of pursuing after he gets screened, which is super important, especially because the Wizards play so much drop coverage with Alex Lynn and Robin Lopez. Um, just get being able to blow up the screen and then if you don't get blow up the screen being able to pursue the ball handler after you get screened is so important and troy brown jr like he's legitimately good at that um it, it's kind of frustrating that he's down the rotation right now just um because like he he makes mistakes um but like how are you not gonna make mistakes if you get like seven dnps in a row um or whatever crazy number it was for troy brown i think he should be in the rotation he didn't have a great game tonight but he flashed um some of his ability of why he you know, he's, like, actually, like, a rotation-level player at the very least in this league. He also had seven rebounds. He's been known to be a pretty good rebounder in the past. He continued that tonight. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's kind of just going after them, though. Like, he wasn't, like, snagging rebounds over Bam or anything or, like, boxing Bam out or anything. But he's a good rebounder. I think that he sh- he's a player. Like, I I just don't understand, especially with the Wizards being so weak on guys that can dribble, guys that can play defense. Troy Brown should be firmly in this rotation. Yeah. Um, Along with Garrison Matthews, he only played 14 minutes. I wish he played more. Uh, He was pretty decent when he was out there. Um, Wasn't as good defensively tonight as usual. Um, But again, someone who just provides energy, um, at least tries on defense, makes rotations, um, doesn't make too many mistakes on offense, just not enough ball handling would be my guess for why he didn't play as much. Um, I guess the other guy to talk about is Rui. Rui was bad tonight. He was good last night, so I'm not going to get on him too much either. We'll kind of see with him. I kind of think he's going to be more of a rotation-level guy in this league for a long time. He just needs to get more confident with the shot. He needs to get better in terms of rotations defensively, but not a good night for him. Um, Yeah, I guess I want to see how far I am into this 20 minutes. Okay, so I want to go through my notes, and then <laughs> I'll let you guys go afterwards. Actually, something I forgot to talk about was... um. Duncan Robinson handoffs. So the stat that I've referenced a bunch of times is that Bradley Beal last season was first in terms of DHOs and Duncan Robinson was second. And those two guys were like first and second by a really large margin. And the the Heat didn't really run that many DHOs with Duncan Robinson, which I was like shocked by because usually to guard that, you have to have your big come to the level of the DHO. And the Wizards didn't do that at all. And the Heat like ran that a couple of times, Duncan Robinson got good looks, but they just kind of went away from it. And that really confused me, especially from such a good coach like Spolstra. I don't know why they didn't go to that Like literally every single time down the floor. Um, I think if they did, they could have gotten good looks. Um, so that was kind of confusing from my perspective. Um, something else I wrote down, I guess, um, the Heat were playing really, really aggressive um, scheme. And that at times really benefited them for most of the game, but like towards the end, um, the Wizards kind of figured out how to just swing the ball around, get good shots, get good looks, and then just knock them down. And credit the Wizards to, for doing that. Um, that's something they're going to have to learn to do because teams are getting more and more and more and more and more aggressive um, in their scheme of how they guard Bradley Beal. So, and they're daring other guys to beat him. And tonight, like you know, they helped. Like, they didn't necessarily beat them in terms of offense. Like the Wizards kind of won that game more with their defense. Uh, their offense wasn't very good, but. Uh if guys hit shots, it's definitely gonna help uh um, make team second guess their scheme against Bradley Beal. Um just to talk about um one really cool set that I saw. Um the Miami Heat ran a ghost pick and roll. Um so it was Duncan R- or Who was it? It was someone. No, I think it was Max Struess, actually. Um so Tyler Hero was the ball handler. Max Struess set a ghost screen and then he came off a flare from um out of bio, and what the ghost screen did was it caused like a second of confusion because the wizard switched those guard guard screens. Um, so but they switched them on the contact. Uh, so he what um, Struz did was he he didn't make contact and then he just sprinted off the flare, so it it caused one second of hesitation from his defender and then he was wide open off the flare screen. But then, uh, I think Bam got a um, what do you get? What's it called? Moving screen. I don't know why I couldn't think of the name of that, but um, he was Struis was wide open. He was about to get a wide open shot, or they didn't call that. That play was that play was awesome. Um, I hope the Wizards steal that one because that was really fun. Um, something else I wrote down was like, I wish that Scott Brooks just attacked Hero and Olinick and Robinson more. Like just had people head hunt. Like they were at one point they're head hunting Bam. Like Bam is like the best switch defender in term, like by from a, the perspective of center in the league by far, unless you consider Anthony Davis center. Um, so I don't understand that one because Bam did a pretty good job on Beal. Um, something else I wrote down was just like get more creative. Um like you you gotta get more creative in terms of your lineup decisions, you gotta get more creative in terms of your play calling. At one point, like going to a two three zone is a creative move that I really like, but like go small. Like if the other team's center is Precious Achua or um Kelly Olenek, like why not go small? Why is Alex Lennon in the game? Like would provide something. Um, and then like get more, like in terms of lineups, who's on the floor, like maybe throw Anthony Gill out there, uh, give Matthews more minutes, um, throw Baga out there. If you can't defend wings, like just try things, um, you're, you know, four or five and 13 or whatever, like you don't have that much to lose. Um, you kind of got to see what you have, like, just be more creative. Like mo- all the best coaches are just really, really creative, like geniuses, like Nick Nurse, Brad Stevens, Eric Spoelstra those types of guys. So, uh, even like Rick Carlisle, Quinn Snyder. Um, so you know, try some stuff. I'd love to see him try it. Like, especially since you're in the last year of your contract. You're 5-13. Come on. Uh, let's let's see some more creative stuff here. I want to have some fun on this podcast. Um, I think that that's... Oh, okay. So, the other thing... So, the Wizards, not only... just This is just like a roster construction note. Like, they don't have shooting, but they also don't have guys that can make plays. Um, so, most teams that don't, like, lack shooters, at least have guys that can get in the lane to make plays for others. Wizards don't really have that. Um, that's going to be a skill that players are going to need to start to pick up quickly and that's kind of directed at Rui um, because that's kind of big been like his biggest criticism besides the shooting has just been like his ability to find passes like a couple times now he drove in the lane just couldn't find the open man uh, out on the perimeter when the defense collapsed so he's gonna have to get better at that he's still young though so we'll kind of see Um, yeah that's all I got I'm pretty sure the Wizards next game is on Friday but the broadcast said Saturday so I guess check that I'm not sure what that's about I'm pretty sure it's Friday at like seven o'clock. So yeah, watch that game. Uh, Check out all the latest pods again, just to catch up on
1: wizard stuff. That's all I got. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod, but aren't sure where to start, the team at my podcast manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great. And free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit mypodcastmanager.com to get started.
0: Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoopsWizardsPod. I'll see you next time.